Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Uh-huh. I just feel like I've been around the block Ripping up fantasy stock Working around the clock Look at the view from the top Researching rookies a lot No, I just be listening to pods Yeah, one in particular I'm just a messenger Let me just pass on the rock Browning, brunning, bruning Pronouncing ain't what he's doing What he's doing is not losing But infusing you with new things And there's Dennis the Bennett Yeah the man is a menace, yeah. Building a dynasty, some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Mm. Slice a fox, cultured in pop. Give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box. And you cannot compare him at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire. I mean dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Yeah. Fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Woo. Fantasy round table come take a look at the crown baby go hello and welcome to another episode of the fantasy football round table podcast we are at that awkward week where there is no meaningful football game so we are not going to be previewing the pro bowl in case you were trying to figure out what the futures are on a flag football game hopefully you'll be able to find that somewhere else instead Dennis and I are going to dive into some big news. Uh, we have had plenty of news dropped this week. And we're going to start looking ahead at free agents, predominantly quarterbacks and wide receivers. But before we do all that, Dennis, how was your week? Man, my week's been good. It it seemed to, it started off slow, and then it really picked up some speed. It's like, bam, I'm here on Friday. My son woke up about 2.30 with a migraine, which kept him out of commission probably till afternoon he's I, I feel terrible for him the biggest thing is that like I can't relate to a migraine and so my first reaction is oh it's just a fucking headache man power through it take an aspirin but that's that's not how migraines work and so I I have to find my sensitive dad part in me and kind of bring that out and so I got him up this morning because my wife has been sick too so I got him up and I'm like, hey, how's your head? And he's like, oh, I think it's better. I'm like, well, go take a shower and let's see. He took the shower and he's like, man, it's just it's like, man, it feels like somebody's kicking my eye out and stuff. And I'm like, OK. I'm like, are you fooling me? Are you, are you pulling on over? Are you trying to get a long weekend? No, I let him go back to bed. He slept till probably noon or later. Um, so it had him wiped out pretty good. It wasn't like he was goofing off. So. 
I kind of, I guess I rose to the occasion there and, and didn't go caveman and be like, oh, come on, suck it up, go. Which, which is my reaction because that's how I handle everything is I, I'm going to go push through it. Well, at least you made it past that hurdle. Sometimes you know, when we get those horrendous headaches, I get that too. You just got to kind of lay in the dark. A lot of times I'll lay on an ice pack. So, yeah. uh, Speaking of somebody that probably won't. Well, I kind uh, of brought ha- the tone down there, didn't I? <laughs> We had a lot of news go down this week, so we're going to tackle uh, probably the four biggest headlines. The first one is uh, he probably knew that I was making this list of free agent quarterbacks and had him on it, and then uh, Tom Brady just goes ahead and does the quiet, uh, was it Twitter or Instagram post, uh, announcing his second retirement, which he says now is the permanent retirement. How does that hit you, Dennis? I mean, is that quiet quitting? Is that what that is that I've been hearing about? That I think he just the, felt like he couldn't make a big to do again. Yeah, with you know, no fanfare. You know, it's like I posted in the Dynasty Nerds chat. I was like, okay, what's the over under on forty days? He's like, it was like exactly a year to the day. So that was that was wild. That it was like, you know, you know, why is he doing it? Is, is this you know? Because I don't think he's a Scientologist, so I don't think there's you know, some sort of numerical, you know, significance to doing it on February 1st, you know, and with all the drama going on with, with Tony Romo, uh, you know, there's certainly an opportunity for him to rise up the broadcasting ranks. I know Romo's on a different network um, and, and they're basically going to install him on team one over uh, ascending Greg Olson. So he, you know, he's he's got a fat post football contract waiting for him. I, you know, he's got a comfortable life. He could literally do anything he wanted, and he's going to stay involved with the game. And you know, I think he's done. I'm. I, I saw a couple tweets. People going, you know, hey, go buy Brady cheap now and thank me later. And and my thought is, well. Even if he comes back, is you know, it's not like Tampa is a great situation, and a lot of these other teams that need a quarterback aren't really great situations. So I, I think, by and large, he looks at the landscape and says, you know, yeah, I'm good. I I don't need to. I, I've won Super Bowls with two teams. I've proved my point. I can do it without Bill. I, I think he's done. Uh, I'm. Now, to, to the caveat being, I'm not cutting him yet. I'm still on the teams that got him. I'm not cutting him, you, you know. But I think there's, you know, a a very, very, very minuscule chance anything changes from where it is now. I'm like you. I'm not cutting him. That's what I did last year, and then it ended up working out for me. But I, I think he is done. I think the the coming back this year, there was just a lot going on probably in his life, and some of his uh, fanfare of his official retirement announcement got beaten to the punch by some reporters, and I, I think that rankled him. But the guys doing their job. Yeah, it was not a great. Uh, it was not a great season, and I. I think he's probably just feels like he'd he'd rather go out while he's still putting up good numbers and nobody's uh, blaming him for anything. On the other one, I'm just glad that most of America is now coming to realize what I've known from the beginning, which is that Tony Romo is horrendous as an announcer. Um, 
Speaking of people who are transitioning uh, around the booth, Sean Payton is going from being on the set for Fox Sports to on the sideline for the Denver Broncos. The Broncos send a first-round draft pick in 2023, a second-round draft pick in 2024 for the rights to Sean Payton, who today signed a five-year contract to be their head coach, and a 2024 third-round pick. Dennis, a couple of questions. Do you like the fit, and what do you think of the cost to acquire? I mean, I think we've seen with premier coaches, and I'm going to include Peyton in that premier coach. It, you know, it, it takes high draft picks if they're under contract and you're going to let them go. I mean, it did with Gruden. It did with Belichick. Um, it, it, it's just what it costs. And so I, my biggest thing, I think, is that, you know, Denver doesn't really have a ton of draft capital and given some up, you know, they, they paid a lot for Russell Wilson last year and then given up more for uh, Sean Payton this year. Now, the other side of it is that, uh, you know, he's making a whole lot of money and that doesn't count against the salary cap. And he's going to have security for a good number of years to work his way through whatever lack of draft capital is, uh, has befallen the Broncos. So I, I think, you know, he's going to be in a good situation as far as job security goes. Um, you know, it looks like they've decided to move on from their defensive coordinator. Uh, Ijiro, what was his name? They haven't actually decided yet. Ijiro Evro. He oh, interviewed with Sean Payton. He, uh, Evro has interviewed for head coaching jobs. So I think that they've been trying to, hedge their bets. Um, that's what the, the the most connected Broncos insiders said, that they're waiting to see if Evero takes a head coaching job because he's under contract right now to be the defensive well, coordinator. I, I think if they were waiting, to me, it, bringing in Brian Flores and Sean Desai and then Desai saying, hey, Minnesota, no thank you. Vic Fangio has recommended me to Denver. And, and it, it feels like they've decided that, uh, Evero Ajiro is not going to be the guy. And so he's going to go somewhere else. I think whether he I gets totally disagree with that. Well, you're closer to it than me. And yeah, I think you're way you. off on that. I think they think Evero is going to get to be the head coach in Indianapolis. But I mean, we'll end up seeing Denver so, has, you're right. Would you rather have Desai or Flores? I don't really care. Well, back to Peyton. I I think I think he can salvage Russell Wilson. Whatever the disconnect was between Hackett and Wilson, whether Russ didn't respect him because he was a first-time coach, or he felt that it was Aaron Rodgers that made him, not the other way around. I don't think that baggage is there with Sean Payton. Um, so I think that that we'll definitely see a bounce back. I've seen some people be all in on acquiring Russ now that Payton is there. I don't know if I'm there, especially because at, what is he, 34 now? Um, and he's got, he, he's virtually untradeable for the next three years with that contract. So 
if he doesn't bounce back, the Broncos are going to be in a tough spot for a couple of years. I'd love to bounce because I, I have a significant rostership of Cortland Sutton. Um, and I used last year's injury as a great opportunity to buy Javante Williams. So I, I have significant rostership of both of those players. Um, I think the, the offense will bounce back. Um, you know, they've got a decent offensive line, a good defense. And whoever they bring in to run that defense, I think, uh, has a lot to work with. So even though they're out on some high draft capital for the next couple of years, I, I think Sean Payton is probably the right hire there. I mean, he's their third first choice, so that's that counts for something. Yeah, but you do mention they, they spent a lot of draft capital, three first-round picks, three second-round picks over three years' worth of drafts to get a quarterback and a coach. Really, you know, that gives you a lot to uh, overcome. They also dealt away one of their better pass rushers in Bradley Chubb. You have to consider that part of the cost because that's how they got the first-rounder from Miami and Noah Fant. Um I do think they have pieces. I like the potential of their skill position players. Tim Patrick, who was his absence was incredibly felt. Um, you know, that's a, he's a guy that may not have always been huge for fantasy, but for what he does for Denver on the field and as a leader and in the locker room, I don't think you can replace that. I'm actually kind of excited now about the combination of Javante Williams and Chase Edmonds, one of the pieces they actually got back. Chase Edmonds has never been a guy I thought could be the number one, but he's definitely has some interesting skills, especially as a pass catcher. And we've seen what Peyton could do with pass catching running backs uh, in New Orleans. I think they need to spend a lot of time in free agency and whatever picks they have working on the offensive line because I would say that their offensive line is subpar and they have a lot of pieces that went uh, on to free agency. Offensive line was a huge issue for them. Defensive line is also a little bit of an issue. In the secondary, they have Sertan. They have Justin Simmons. Um, they have K1 Williams, but there are a couple of questions, you know, if they want to bring back Kareem Jackson, if they can get Caden Stearns to step up. So there are some pieces, but there is definitely some work to do. And it's a pretty loaded division in a very loaded conference. So I, I was very excited about Denver just bouncing right back to being a playoff contender last offseason. I'm going to be a little more cautious this offseason, um, you know, because – there's a lot of competition in the AFC West. There's a lot of competition in the AFC in general. Joe Burrow's not going anywhere. Josh Allen's not going anywhere. Mahomes not going anywhere anytime soon. Um, so there are a lot of you know potential uh, challenges in there. Another AFC team that got a coach is uh, D'Amico Ryan signing a six-year deal with the Houston Texans. We'll see if they if he sees years two through six because it hasn't been their trend with the last couple of coaches, but he seems excited. They seem excited to have him. Dennis, this feels a little bit different than the last two years of coaching hires for the Houston Texans. They also have a lot of draft capital for the first time in a few years and some cap space, a real opportunity to make a mark. How do you like the fit? Uh, Ryan's clearly wanted to be there. And so I think that's good. I think we're headed for an inevitable power struggle between Casario and Ryan's at some point in the next three years, because I think Ryan's 
if he if he continues on his trajectory, he's going to be a great hire. And I don't think Casario as general manager has been great. He's he's not hired good or shown the willingness to stick with coaches that he's given shit sandwiches to and they've made something out of it. And he's not showed the willingness to stick with them. And I think because of Ryan's having a history with the Texans, I think he's going to have a pipeline to Cal McNair. And so I think when things get squirrely between him and Casario, he's going to, there'll be that power struggle. Now that's not for a couple years off. Now it could completely turn around and wins hide a lot of that stuff. So if he, if they draft well and they start to win some games and they're moving in the right direction the next two, three years, then I think that all disappears. Right now, the biggest questions are who is going to run the offense? I, I know they're going to have a defensive coordinator, but I feel like Ryan's is going to have his thumb on the scale on the defensive side of the ball. Um, I know they've uh, they're, they've talked to uh, the passing game coordinator in San Fran, Bobby Slowick, um, and they've talked to Troy Walters, the wide receivers coach for the Bengals. You know, neither one of them are like, big names so that that catches me a little off guard I feel like he needs to bring uh, someone with head coaching experience into a high ranking assistant position so he might bring in an OC a DC and then an assistant head coach uh, with, with some other responsibilities so that he's got that veteran to bounce things off uh, you know it hasn't moved very fast with the Texans before they hired Ryan's and since they've hired Ryan's, it, it hasn't moved very fast. So it'll be interesting to watch. I like him. I think the, the culture that he had in San Francisco with that defense, those guys played hard. Now Lynch got great players there for him. So, you know, when you're playing with, when you're stacking up uh, Joey Bosa or Nick Bosa and, and Tarverius Ward and Greenlaw, and Fred Warner, you, you know, you, you've got some playmakers on that defense, and it's easy uh, it's easy to look like you're doing a good job when you've got guys like that on your defense. I think we're, we're going to need to see some progress next year going forward and just kind of like what the Lions did, get better every year. You know, they brought in a wild card in Dan Campbell, and they just got better. It starts with competing, and I – the thing is, they did that competing stuff with David Culley and with Lovey Smith. So if they just compete this year, honestly, I don't think that's good enough. Even though he's a, he's the new coach, they've been doing that. They have to win six, seven, eight games this year, I think, to be able to say, look, we, we're tired of just competing. It's like, you know, Justin Fields in Chicago last year caught a little flack but in the press conference when he said look I'm tired of being just this close you know I'm I don't want to be just this close I want to win so you know and now they got the number one overall draft pick but so that didn't work out great I think he might get a little more latitude to have like a four or five win season because they're still in the process to me of bottoming out, I think uh, Brandon Cooks probably uh, 
moves on. He's expressed that he doesn't want to be there and be part of a rebuild. It's not like they have a lot of core of veteran players. They still have a lot of work to do. You know, they're going to get a quarterback, presumably, um, because, you know, they're no worse than a the second draft pick, so they should get one of the, the top two, either Stroud or Young, or if you're so inclined, a Will Levis. Um, but they had some pieces. I, I thought they got some pieces on defense, um, and that was one of the interesting. Lovey Smith seemed to be developing some of those young pieces. That was probably in, um, attractive to Ryan's. I am a little bit like you. I think the conventional wisdom was that he was going to try to pull in a veteran OC or somebody, like you said, that had head coaching experience to kind of work on molding and building that offense. Because especially with a high draft pick rookie quarterback in a real rebuilding rough offensive situation, you want to have good mentorship and good development. Um, And I've been caught a little off guard by the – coaching interviews they've done because I know they did the tight ends coach for the Patriots as well, you know, an offensive bastion, uh, a guy who had both Hunter Henry and John o. Smith and made them look, both look like they disappeared uh, in that Patriots offense. So there's, that's been a little curious. I'll, I'll be interested to see um, where they go and what other pieces they bring in. One of the last pieces of news uh, is, Running back Joe Mixon, who has a arrest warrant out. I did not see an update about whether he got arrested. I would assume in 24 hours they probably found him. Um, not a very good story uh, if the allegations prove to be true. Um, we had talked a little bit about Mixon's production and performance and the fact that uh, Samaj P. Ryan was getting significantly bigger snap share because of his blocking ability. Mixon is a guy that they could release post-June 1st, take a $2 million hit and make $10 million of cap space. I feel like it's leaning toward very much more likely he's done in Cincinnati, but how do you feel? I think that he's probably done in Cincinnati, but I don't think this incident has anything to do with that. Uh, the charges have been dropped. So, you know, and that's what he said he expected to happen was that the, the charges would be dropped, and they were. Um, if you're perusing Twitter, Drew Davenport, who is a, a lawyer here in Ohio and a fantasy football auction guru, um, has a nice long thread kind of breaking down the nuts and bolts of it, uh, of the whole process. I I think he was going to be in a, a situation where he was going to be offered the chance to restructure, renegotiate his contract so that it was less tenable. He was not efficient this year. I felt like he, he had an opportunity to really um, step up and Samaji Pirine was playing equal to him. Now, I know P. Ryan's a free agent, and I don't know if he'll be back, but P. Ryan started to take uh, snaps from him in the passing game and looked decent in the running game. They've got a couple young running backs, uh, Chris Evans and Travion Williams. I think Williams might be a free agent. Um, But that team is built around the passing game, and they're going to be faced with an extension for T Higgins, Um, Tyler Boyd's coming up in a couple years, Joe Burrow. So they've got lots of more, lots of premier 
players that they're going to have to extend. The downside of it was just that as, as the season went on and the offensive line got better, you know, we, we talked a little bit of the first few weeks of the season, how they had invested a lot of money in the O-line and it didn't seem to be coming to fruition. But those things take time. And as they started to play better, Mixon didn't get more inefficient. He had a couple nice games where he popped off, but for the most part, not so much. Yeah, it'll be interesting uh, to see what happens if Cincinnati wants to get a different running back. There are certainly going to be plenty to look at, uh, a position group we will probably be looking at on Monday in terms of free agents. There's also quite a few that will be in the draft, which we will be getting to uh, later this spring leading up to the NFL draft. But today we wanted to start uh, looking at some of the crop of free agents. Uh, We will be looking at draft and draft prospects later, and there are probably plenty of teams that are hoping to change their fortune at quarterback in the draft. But prior to the draft taking place, free agency will kick off in March, and there is quite a robust group of quarterbacks that are going to come available or have the potential to come available in free agency this year. And there are quite a group of teams that have questions at quarterback, either they don't have a quarterback or Kyle Trask is their quarterback, like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, or they have injury concerns, a team like Miami that thinks Tua is going to be back and hopes he's back healthy but doesn't know for sure how long-term that is, or San Francisco where we don't know what to make of Trey Lance and Brock Purdy, the quarterbacks that are under contract. So we wanted to start looking at some of these names that are on the free agent market. We'll take a look at some of the bigger ones first, Dennis, and then I will read off a huge group of secondary names and see if there are any that interest you. But I think the biggest one potentially out there Um, and this doesn't include guys like Aaron Rodgers or Derek Carr who we think could come available but are technically under contract with their current teams probably the biggest name that is an outright free agent at this point in time is Lamar Jackson I think Lamar's gonna be franchise tag tagged as a worst case scenario um but they're gonna they're gonna work out a deal. I think they're not gonna let him walk. Um, Spot Track's predicting that he's looking at about a forty point seven million dollar average annual contract. Um, I saw earlier on on Twitter. I wish I could uh, remember where, but I was, I was just kind of cruising through, and somebody was predicting that he's gonna get a. $260 million contract with $208 million guaranteed. I know he's pushing for the full guarantee. Uh, he, he wants to get that Deshaun Watson treatment. <clears throat> Whether he gets it or not, I don't know. Uh, but I do know that he's going to likely, if he doesn't agree to terms, they're going to franchise tag him. The downside of it is he can sit out like 10 games before he has to come back and play and start uh, so his contract will dull. Um, if he decides that, hey, I'm not, I'm just going to sit out if you franchise tag me, that would be, you know, n- not a great move by, by any stretch of the imagination. I don't know, you know, where, 
where he would fit if he went somewhere else. You know, Atlanta has a need for a quarterback. Uh, Las Vegas has a need for a quarterback. Indianapolis. I, mean, I can't really fathom him going to Las Vegas, though. I don't think he fits what McDaniels wants to do. Yeah, I and I don't, I don't think so either. Um, Atlanta is an interesting potential option because it's hard to tell how they feel about Desmond Ritter. I think they're probably not in a good enough position to get a quarterback in the draft, but I would wager they're going to get some kind of serious potential option. Yeah, I, you know, they're going to bring somebody in that's going to, I don't know if competes the right word with Ritter. I, I agree with you. I'm not sure how, um, how into Ritter they are. It'll be interesting to watch. I believe Lamar is going to be back in Baltimore. Yeah, I do too. I think Baltimore franchise tags him. They would be kind of dumb not to. Another guy that I think is a potential franchise tag candidate is Daniel Jones, who they declined his fifth-year option in New York, but he had a pretty good year, seemed to uh, improve a lot under the tutelage of Brian Dayball. How do you feel about Daniel Jones? Well, the franchise tag for a quarterback is projected to be about $32 million and change. Uh, I think the big thing comes down to is where does New York value Daniel Jones? Um, earlier this year, Track was projecting. Let me see if, if they still have it there. I think they were projecting Jones at like $27 million. $26.2 million is what they think his value is. They, they're looking at like three years, $79 million. <clears throat> it, it comes down to will Jones take what they believe his worth is? Dayball's press conferences after the season ended kind of telegraphed that, hey, we want him back, but we know what we know what we're willing to pay for him. And that's that's it. And if, if he's not willing to take that, we're okay moving on too. Uh, I you know he did great this year. They had they, they had a terrible wide receiver core. I know Hodgins, Hodgins Isaiah Hodgins stepped up, um, but they they lost a lot of people to injuries and they had a lot of no names. They they made a nice run into the playoffs when they probably shouldn't. I don't know that. I mean, if you're gonna pick one between Jones and Barkley, I mean, who are you picking to to put your you know, Barkley, as talented as he is, has a history of missing games and being injured. Um, and probably quarterback is the more valuable position on a team. So it, the, the, let's see, what's the Giants? Uh, they've got lots of cap space. They're the, they have the third most cap space in the league. So uh, they're not going to be – in too much trouble there. So the the probably the next biggest name, um, surprisingly, you wouldn't have said this a year ago, is Geno Smith, who uh, came out and had a Pro Bowl season for the Seattle Seahawks. The Seahawks seem to have expressed interest in bringing him back. Um, they obviously did well enough that they're not 
super high up in the draft on their own pick, but they do have a pretty high pick uh, from the pick that they own for the Broncos. Do you think Seattle makes a run at bringing Geno back, or do you think they're somebody that looks at the draft? Well, they they have said they want Geno back. Geno said he wants to come back, but he also wants to test free agency because he didn't really get a chance to test free agency after his rookie contract. Um, and so I think he's going to stick his toes in the water and kind of see uh, what it feels like out there. Ultimately, I do think Gino goes back. Uh, I know uh, on the BSN show with Dynasty Nerds last night, um, Garrett was doing a mock draft. And at 20 um, is where we all kind of felt Anthony Richardson would go. Um, in, the, in the mock draft, the people voting actually had Richardson go at pick number nine. Um, but I, I just don't think he goes that early. And I've seen some other mocks in the industry having Richardson going at 20 to uh, uh, Seattle. The downside of that is Pete Carroll is, what, 77 years old? And I think Anthony Richardson's going to take two or three solid years to develop. And I don't know that Pete Carroll will be there when Richardson's ready to take over. And then you bring in another coach, and is Richardson the kind of quarterback that that coach wants? especially if he hasn't had a lot of playing time, a la Jordan Love. Uh, I don't know that Geno could hold him off for three years because Richardson has some crazy, crazy traits, big, athletic, rocking arm, but he's so, so raw. I, I do think Geno goes back to Seattle. Um, what He's 33, I think, maybe 34. So I feel like it's going to be a two-year contract for Geno. Um, maybe maybe they go two year and an option, uh, or maybe they make it a four year deal. But like the last two years of those avoidable years, they stick on for the bonus proration. So uh, I, I like Gino's comeback. I think it's a great story, but he did fade down the stretch. Um, losing Kenneth Walker can do that to a, a team. So uh, I think he's going back. Yeah, I tend to think he goes back to more so because, you know, you really hit the nail on the head with Pete Carroll. I think he wants some kind of a veteran so they can still compete. Everybody wanted to write the Seahawks off last year, and they ended up making it back into the playoffs. I think he thinks with the core of guys he has, if he brings in kind of that veteran player, they could get in there again. Uh, another veteran quarterback that seems like they're for sure going to be leaving their team this time is Jimmy Garoppolo. Of course, we thought that last year, and it didn't end up happening. It ended up being important to San Francisco, but it seems like the renegotiation allowed him to make this break, and he will go somewhere. To me, he feels like the kind of guy that's going to go to whichever of the teams among like Indianapolis, Carolina, a couple of these teams can't get up to get one of those top two rookie quarterbacks. Feels like he's going to land there. Um, probably not an early free agent signing, if I was guessing. But how do you feel, Dennis? Yeah, that makes the most sense. I think that and Tampa, um, you know, I think he's going to be looking for a chance to win. He's what? I think he's 32 years old now. Like, he's not young. Yeah, because he sat behind Brady for a long time. Yep. He's not He's not a, a young in anymore either. So he's looking for a an opportunity to, to win. And – 
he's played well enough when healthy that I think he'll be able to have his pick of those teams that aren't going to be able to get Young, Stroud, or Levis, or maybe even Richardson. So there will be some teams out there um, kind of hunting, hunting for him. And, you know, I think that Football fans, the first Sunday of the NFL season is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving new customers a can't-miss offer to celebrate the return of the NFL season. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. And as an added bonus for Week 1, everybody can experience the thrill of DraftKings with early win promotion. It's simple. Bet on an NFL team to win. If your team leads by 10 at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if the team ends up losing. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code TPPN, that is TPPN, and get $200 in free bets instantly. When you place a $5 bet this Sunday, that is code TPPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the descriptions for the episode for details. Besides Tampa, you know, they've got, he he would have Godwin Evans there. Uh, Bowles, I don't, you know, Bowles just doesn't seem like, He's going to be long-term there, but bring, he's got a chance to bring in his own staff this year. Things could turn around. They could really play to their uh, team strengths. Indianapolis, their offensive line has gone to crap, and so they, they really need to rebuild the offensive line. Uh, does Jimmy want to go play behind a bad offensive line? I think he's got that same issue with Tampa. That's going to come into consideration. You know, Frank Reich is a, a quite a respected coach in Carolina, and Darnold is a free agent as well, so he could go there. They've got DJ Moore, um, but they don't have a lot of other notable weapons. So it, it feels like there's not a there, there's not a team that has a ready-made. We can make a deep run into the playoffs. Uh, you know, New Orleans, besides not having any cap space, doesn't, you know, I don't think they necessarily have the type of weapons. Kamara's in decline. Uh, they brought in Olave last year. Well, and they still have Jameis Winston. And curious to see, there, there's a couple, you know, we mentioned Atlanta before too. Technically, they still have Marcus Mariota. Um, so those guys don't appear on the free agent list, but they are guys that seem to wash out with those teams last year. Yeah. Yeah. I think, <clears throat> I think Mariota is probably done in Atlanta when is he, he's like, well, I, it seemed like he was me, trending toward, he might be ready to retire in general. Well, yeah. It, and it was, it was wild. Cause he, you know, I think he was playing hard and the elbow injury at, that he had in Tennessee just never got, it seems like it just never got back to where, uh, his passing was prior to that injury as, and when he was a backup and rarely playing, it, it wasn't as noticeable, but as the starter, you know, he had to rely on his legs and granted there, there, you know, that besides they had Pitts who got injured and Drake London was a rookie and 
So there, there were some other issues in Atlanta. But then when he got benched and he kind of was like, well, if you're going to bench me, I'm just going to duck out. And Arthur Smith came out and started dragging him in the media. And then it's like, oh, and now he's getting surgery. It's like, okay, was he playing through an injury too? Is that part of why he wasn't playing as well? And But his coach is, is dogging him and basically saying he quit on the team. Um, I, I feel like he's probably going to, you know, pull a Jay Clocker. I think he's at that point now. He's like, I got plenty of money. I'm going to go back to Hawaii and coach football, college football, high school football. Yeah, so for, for Jimmy G, I almost think the, the big first domino is what happens with Carr, who finally has been given permission to seek a trade because there's a couple of teams that uh, have been rumored to have potential um, interest in Carr, Washington, Tampa Bay, and Carolina. And I think one of those teams that doesn't land him is going to look at a, a player like Jimmy G as somebody, you know, teams where they think they have enough of a core in place that a solid veteran quarterback um, could help get them back to relevance. So do you think that the Raiders will be able to actually trade him? I mean, his, his contract is. Just, I don't know. Huge. And so they've got so much, there's so much money tied up in him that, I don't think a team is I, – I think the Raiders are like, hey, this guy's a first-round quarterback, and everybody's going to go, not at that price, he's not. Well, and they may end up having to release him, in which case he'll be free to sign somewhere. I I don't think they keep him. They pretty well said they're not going right. to, and they have a pretty quick deadline. So the one good thing about that is we're going to know uh, within a few days of the Super Bowl like here. February 15th or something is the deadline. Yeah, it's not too long afterward. Um, I want to bring up two guys who uh, really had their fortunes kind of shift a number of times during the 2022 season, and that's Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold. Um, we saw both of them paired together in Carolina. It seemed like Darnold was on the, the downhill slope, but then Baker kind of flamed out there, and he ended up going to the Rams and looked good a little bit to end the season. Darnold looked good when he came sure. back to end the season with Carolina. How do you feel about those two guys? Do you think Baker might stay with the Rams? I think it it makes sense for Baker to stay with the Rams. I don't know if his ego will let him because he still fancies himself as an NFL starter. Is he one of the top 32 quarterbacks in the league? Maybe. Probably more, probably closer to one of the top 36. You know, I don't think he's one of the top 25. Um, and so he he's in that roster churn kind of area of quarterbacks where he's not the answer, but he's got enough experience that, you know, if you're, if you're basically a not very good team and you need a quarterback, Baker Mayfield is your guy. I think Sam Darnold is there too. Uh, I, the thing that gets me is I think Darnold has better tools. He's bigger. He runs better. He's got a better arm. I think Baker has better vision and better. Uh, I don't want decision making. Isn't the maybe better? Maybe just calling it better vision is is the way to go. Baker just tries to do too many things that he's not capable with of. Um, 
And Darnold just has times where he just falls apart and seems like he forgets how to play football. Um, I, I think if I if I was looking to start one of them, I'm probably going with Darnold uh, over Baker. I think Baker's best move is to back up Matthew Stafford and do the thing, you know, hope for a Geno Smith type of renaissance uh, in three years or two years when Matthew Stafford finally hangs it up. Yeah, I think that would be the perfect thing for Baker. We'll see if it happens. Sam Darnold, to me, feels like he's this year's Mitch Trubisky. He's going to end up going to some team that knows that they're in line to take a high first-round quarterback, and he might start one or two games and then be the veteran. But that just is, that's just a feeling that I that I have right there. But, but, I mean, of the top three of Stroud, Young, and – and Levis, do you think any of them, if they get drafted in the top five, do you think they're going to sit? I mean, it really depends on the team that ends up taking them and coaches because, you know, some of these coaches like to start a veteran for a couple of – even Justin Herbert was behind Tyrod Taylor. We don't know how many games he would have been behind Tyrod Taylor if the medical staff hadn't intervened. You know, you I, saw, I would love to have been in the script meeting for that one. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, yes, I think it's definitely possible that uh, that you know you get sold on a guy like that. Uh, the last individual name I want to bring up is an interesting one: Pro Bowler Tyler Huntley. Uh, so uh, Baltimore seeing both of their quarterbacks come as free agents. I'm just going to say right out. What I have been thinking about that I would find fascinating is if he goes to Arizona, because I don't think we see Kyler Murray until November. It would be fascinating to see Tyler Huntley get his Jacoby Brissett season and see what he could do on a different team. You know, Marquise Brown's already there, a guy he knows that he played with. I don't think he and Kyler Murray have a substantially different skill set. Um, I just thought that would be an interesting landing spot. Yeah, I, I I think that's probably the best case scenario for Huntley, partly because he doesn't, I don't think he has starter's ability. I think he's a career backup. Uh, <clears throat> backing up Kyler Murray, there is enough similarity in how they play the position that you're not having to completely change the offense when you put your backup in. I, I just I, I don't know that it gets them anywhere. Uh, I, I you want I, I think the only reason that they I don't think Arizona is going anywhere this yeah, 2023 anyway. I mean, that's why DeAndre Hopkins he's like peace I'm out. But honestly, if you went even if they move Hopkins and Ertz, which I think are potentially likely, having Rondale Moore, Dorch. Marquise Brown and Trey McBride might actually be a better set of weapons than he had in Baltimore this season. Yeah. Um, probably overall as a, a whole. Um, I mean, they're leaning toward Vance Joseph being their head coach anyway. So <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, all right, real quick, I'm going to list off a group of guys who are all coming as free agents who had moments in 2022 or prior um, 
who are all going to be out there, I want you to tell me if there's anyone on this list that that piques your interest. Uh, we have Mike White, who had a cup of coffee with the Jets this season. Andy Dalton, who kind of took the job in New Orleans this season. Jacoby Brissett, who held down the fort in Cleveland. Case Keenum, who sat behind uh, Josh Allen. Teddy Bridgewater, who sat behind Tua Tagovailoa and managed to get injured every time he was needed. Taylor Heineke, who had a few starts there in Washington. Jarrett Stidham, uh, who actually looked better than we might have expected in his two-game audition for the Raiders. Cooper Rush, who held some things down in Dallas while Dak was out. And Mason Rudolph, who uh, at one time seemed like he was tracking to be the heir apparent to Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, I... These are all guys that um, you want to roster because you feel like if the starter goes down, they can execute your offense, um, but they're probably not going to execute it at a very high level. Um, they'll, they, they have physical limitations. You know, Dalton is old. Mike White is what, going to be 29. You know, there's a reason that he hasn't really – uh, made it. I agree with, you know, Teddy, Teddy needs to, I, I think Teddy. Uh, I mean, Miami but, did the smart thing and yeah. got a good veteran backup for Tua and he ended up being completely unavailable every time they needed him. You know, I, you know, Cooper Rush, he, he played well when Dallas needed him last year. Um, and Jarrett Stidham coming in for one game is, is the, it'd be interesting to see if there, there may be something there, you know, Stidham is the kind of guy I think you bring in to Atlanta to compete with Desmond Ritter. If you, uh, if you're, you're looking to find a diamond in the rough, you know that you're not really competing this year. Uh, you're coming out of salary cap purgatory and then you're, you're going to try to build it up and, you know, who knows if they, if they have another losing season, maybe it doesn't bode well for Arthur Smith and it ends up being, well, you just took too long on your rebuild kind of uh, approach to things. But from a fantasy standpoint, uh, I'm only rostering them if I know they're the clear number two to one of my starters. I think there is someone in this group and I'm not sure which one exactly that ends up being a quarterback that goes to San Francisco because they seem to constantly need a hedge. I am not one of those people that thinks they're going to now trade Trey Lance. Cause why would you right. now you've kind of opened the door. I don't think they're moving Brock Purdy either. He's coming off Tommy John who knows how long that's going to take. I, you know, I could see like a Taylor Heineke or a Teddy Bridgewater or something going there. Cause that's the quintessential, veteran who's not going to kill you who can manage the game that you can put in if one of the if one of both of those guys is unavailable yeah and, and it could be any one of these guys yeah and... but that's that's the range you know a lot of people have wanted to link san francisco to going and getting like a huge name quarterback i just don't necessarily see them doing that because i do think they still have hope for trey lance and they liked what they saw with brock purdy yeah, I think that you know when it comes to Purdy and Lance, they 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 want that they want it to be those two guys, and they're going to have their thumb on the scale for Trey Lance because of the draft capital. They want to show that hey, we were right about this guy. Just the injuries kind of slowed down his development at the beginning of his career. 
So quickly before we get out of here, we're going to look at wide receiver, which, uh, you know, there are some interesting names in the draft. But in terms of free agents, this is probably one of the shallower skill position uh, groups if you're really looking to try to reload at wide receiver. Uh, Probably the biggest name that's coming open as a free agent is Juju Smith-Schuster, who had a solid but unspectacular season in Kansas City. Do you think he's back with the Chiefs, or do you think he catches on somewhere else with a competitor? I think he will probably try to go back to the Chiefs. Um, I, I think if they want him back, he, he could probably sign a two- or three-year deal to go back because they're not going to overpay. You know, they're, they're, Hardman is a free agent as well, I think. And yeah, he's on the list. And you know they've got Sky Moore, who had, didn't quite develop as a rookie as quickly as they hoped, and MVS. And then Kadarius Tony is always injured. I, I think that Juju provides a cheap, reliable when he's on the field uh, option for Patrick Mahomes. If I'm if I'm Juju, you know I'm gonna weigh into it like, how many times am I gonna go deep into the playoffs and have a chance to win the Super Bowl? And you know, with Kansas City right now, they're in that phase where it's it's yearly. You, you're you know you're one of the top two or three teams in the uh, AFC, if not the NFL, uh, every year. So I think the the allure of winning is what brings Juju back. Yeah, and Kansas City wouldn't be a bad spot if they want to pursue him. I have, I don't have a good feel about whether they're looking to go more toward their younger receivers or not. A couple of other interesting places I thought along the same vein is uh, a Baltimore. He was very close to looking at the Ravens um, before he ultimately went to Kansas City, and I think he's – I mean, he's just older, slower Rashad Bateman is all he is. But you've seen Baltimore's wide receiving core. At least Juju was on the field this year. Rashad right. Bateman was is still more of a rumor. Um, I could also see maybe a place like Buffalo because we've seen Juju do well where he's not the number one or the focal um, receiver, where he's kind of that um, security blanket. I actually think the – the last season where the Steelers rolled off all those wins, the reason he got so many targets and receptions is because they had Johnson and Claypool as kind of the field stretchers. And there was Juju just cleaning everything up under the middle and being that reliable dump off uh, for Ben. So I could see that being a place for him. And I mean, to be fair, that was only how far Ben could throw the ball. There you go. Uh, Another interesting free agent is Alan Lazard, who was the number one-ish for Green Bay last year. His uh, postseason comments didn't seem like he was super high to go back there, but what do you feel the market is for Lazard? I don't think it's great. I mean, Alan Lazard, he's he's high-priced Noah Brown. He's a big wide receiver who – is a great blocker who will have some games where you're like, wow, why are they not getting this guy the ball more? But the truth of the matter is, is he just doesn't earn the targets. Uh, He got more targets, I think, last year in Green Bay, 
just because they didn't have anybody else and it was his opportunity to step up and he just didn't perform at that wide receiver one level. He's a guy that I think that he's probably a starter on most teams, but he's not the marquee guy. He's the other guy. Uh, he can do a, a lot of things. He's versatile. He's got good speed. Not great, but he is big. He's six foot five, 215 pounds or so. Uh, I think what's Spotrack has the market for him at about 12 and a half million. So they're thinking, you know, three year, 37 and a half million dollar contract. Um, there are a lot of teams that can afford that. You know, he's going to be the wide receiver two, wide receiver three on a team, or he's going to go somewhere like Houston where they just need bodies. They need people with some sort of experience that they're going to, they're going to Christian Kirk him. They're going to pay him to be the wide receiver one, even though he probably doesn't deserve it, but nobody else will go there. Yeah, I think that pretty well sums that up. Uh, another interesting name on here is Jacoby Myers, who has kind of been the, the de facto number one for the Patriots for a couple of years. Do you think he ends up back with Bill O'Brien uh, running the show in New England? I, you know, I like Myers, and it feels I, – you know, I don't know because Bill does some weird stuff. You know, they, I thought they paid too much money for Kendrick Bourne when they brought him in. Myers was, a, I think, a six-round draft pick or something. He was the less heralded of the two wide receivers coming out of NC State that year. But he's he's played well. He's, he's a reliable guy. Uh, I mean, honestly, I would rather pay Myers than I would Alan Lazard. I don't know if there's – the market with wide receivers is not going to be great, but I, I I like Myers as a you know a number two a possession guy. He's in New England. He was forced into that number one role. Like if I'm Kansas City, I would rather have Jacoby Myers than I would Juju Smith-Schuster. But I think Myers is going to cost uh, more money. Let's see where what, what's Myers going to cost just 26 years old i think that's older than juju uh but they're projecting the same same amount of money 12 and a half million a year or that was lazard where where'd juju go uh, juju yeah they're actually the same exact and they're projecting juju about two million a year more than jacoby myers i want jacoby over juju And I think New England would do well to bring him back, but I like him kind of as a, um, you know, probably more as a number two. And that's, I think that's what New England's been trying to do. Their their grand moves for drafting Nikhil Harry or trading for Devontae Parker or signing Kendrick Bourne and Nelson Aguilar haven't quite paid off. But if they brought Myers back and they could land a uh, marquee wide receiver, they could be off to the races with something. Uh, 
this next group here as we're uh, as we're winding down on time is a bunch of either veteran receivers or young guys expiring rookie contracts who never really hit it and I want to I'll read off this list of names. You let me know if there is anyone here that really piques your interest. And this kind of tells you where we're at with free agent wide receiver class. We have Jarvis Landry, who didn't do much of anything in New Orleans. DJ Chark had a few good moments with Detroit. Julio Jones, who uh, had a couple of interesting moments with Tampa Bay. Marvin Jones coming off of a couple decent years with the Jags. Nicole Hardman uh, out of Kansas City. Paris Campbell from the Colts and then a pair of giants in Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton. Do any of those guys catch your attention? So I like Paris Campbell, but his injury history is troubling. So he, he's missed so much time, but he's, he's a, he's a gadget guy. He's not great for fantasy. I don't think uh, Jarvis Landry's 32 years old. I think he's just lost enough that he's, he's not going to be really fantasy relevant. Julio is on his last leg. Uh, I didn't even look at what's he. He's 34, uh, but he plays like he's 39. Um, Marvin Jones is 33 years old. I, I think he's moving into that, you know, locker room presence portion of his career. He's going to be that wide receiver four that you like having him around because he's good for the young guys. And then if you get some injuries, you know he can step up and be productive, if if not, you know, a superstar. But I like the explosion that Paris Campbell has. He's he's good with the ball in his hands. Shepard is is so snake bitten when it comes to injuries. I just don't know. Um, I, I he's a guy I don't trust. Um, Slayton, I like him, but uh, he's he's basically. Um, a, a clone of Marquez Valdez Gantling. You know, he's a fast guy. He's deep threat, uh, but he drops passes, not efficient. He's going to have a job because of his speed. And until he loses his speed, he's going to be able to do that. Uh, but to me, Paris Campbell is probably the one I think still has fantasy relevance going forward. I think he's going to have to take a prove it deal, though to prove he can stay healthy all year, handle whatever volume he gets. And he looked good at times last year. He's probably the one that I think has the most potential, but honestly, out of that group of guys, I'd be surprised if any of them was fantasy relevant for us in 2023. I just think there's a reason they're they're on this list and that you're having trouble getting excited. Right. You know, they'll have fantasy relevant games, but it's like playing whack-a-mole to – you're hoping it's like, oh, come on, come on, uh, Paris Campbell. I got to put you in my lineup because it's a bye week. Get me 10 points. Well, that'll do it for us today. On Monday, Dennis and I will be back looking at a very intriguing running back class uh, that has a lot of great potential talent available uh, in the free agent pool. And then if we have a little bit of time, we will also touch on a couple of tight ends who are coming free. But Dennis, uh, if the people turn on the big game on Sunday and realize it's a flag football contest, what should they do to fill their sad time? They should go to their favorite podcast platform, search out the fantasy football roundtable, hit that subscribe button, download, listen, leave us a rating and a review. Give us those five stars. We love that. You know, show us you love us. 
We would appreciate it greatly. Well, go uh, go team Manning in the uh, <laughs> in the Pro Bowl. Until then, we'll see you on Monday. It's cold out here. Prepare for glory. I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your popcorn ready? I came out the wrong line already. And he's hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump with me. Golly. Oh, they tackle him at the 40-yard line. Who can make a play? I can. Who can make a play? <laughs>